And we are back. Now, I know, I know y'all probably like, yo, TBJ, you lying. You had Lexi Brown on the podcast, Jay Black on the podcast for like four episodes, and you got rid of them. Who who you think you are? Who you think you are? Huh? Who do you think you are? Joe Button or somebody? But I'm gonna be honest, they just been mad busy. So it's me. I'm here. I'm back. Um, I'm podcasting alone today, but I'm podcasting alone today because uh, it's just some other things and stuff that's going on in my life um, where my time is going to you know, be heavily taken. So I want to make sure that I continue to feed all the Patreon subscribers. Um, so if you're listening to this on patreon.com slash spilt underscore milk, shout out to you. I appreciate you. You guys are amazing. Let's read off who actually are our subscribers. So currently we have David Roseman, who's an $8 subscriber. We have Ron, who's an $8 subscriber. We have uh, Lawrence, who's a $3 subscriber. Ant Green, $3 subscriber. Joe Wilson, $1 subscriber. Mike Darty, $1 subscriber. Amy Cuther, $1 subscriber. And the homie Don, $1 subscriber. I appreciate all of you guys genuinely. Shout out to y'all, man. It'll help pay for you know some of my internet bill or you know or whatever, even if it you know after after the money has been divvied by the platform. So shout out to you guys. I appreciate it. Um, but let's continue. Let's talk. A lot has been going on. The Super Bowl happened, um, which I really enjoyed the Super Bowl. Uh, I actually I was at a Super Bowl party at uh, Chief Keefe's at one of his cribs. Um, he, he threw like a glow gang, uh, you know, Super Bowl party. Shout out to the homie E. Wall. Shout out to the homie Peter Pan. Uh, basically, I was there watching the Super Bowl. It was cool. Dope food, dope pizza. Uh, really enjoyed the environment. Really just had an overall great time watching the Super Bowl. Uh, the halftime show was the halftime show to me actually was underwhelming. Like I was, there's no disrespect. It was, it was legendary. Obviously it was, a, it was a spectacle, um, but it was just underwhelming for me slightly because I finally felt like I saw the age in hip hop. Uh, and also I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I thought that it would be a little, I thought, I don't know. I just thought it would be orchestrated a little bit differently. Um, and I also didn't necessarily like having 50 Cent come out before Eminem. Um, and also, what did he perform? Lose Yourself? Um, I would have, I don't know. I just would have preferred to get another Eminem song as, instead of No More Pain, No More Drama by Mary J. Um, give me, I, I would have really loved to hear Not Afraid. I'm, I know y'all going to listen to this and be like, get the fuck out of here, TPJ. But whatever. I would have loved to have heard Not Afraid at the Super Bowl. I'm not afraid. I wouldn't, I'm sorry. I would have enjoyed it. They could have put a guitar solo with it. It would have been fired. He could have had his two minutes. He only did Lose Yourself, which is like, it's cool, but it, it is what it is. Like Kendrick did, what, three, uh, a two, three song medley? You give Eminem one song, and Eminem is arguably the biggest rapper ever. Um, if you want to talk metrics, uh, in the words of Glasses Malone, because I know he, if he heard this, he would be mad because he says Snoop Dogg is the is the is the greatest rapper of all time. Um, also, one of the biggest culturally, yes, he is. But if we talk in music sales, Eminem is number one, and it's not even close. Like it's not even close. Like as good as Drake has been, he still has not caught Eminem. And Drake has been on like an all-time run, and he still is nowhere near Eminem overall in terms of their sales. Now he's got more platinum records, obviously, because Drake makes hits. But in terms of album sales, record sales, I believe Eminem is still ahead of Drake. Um, so you know, I just thought that he would get a bigger look. 
Um, and I like seeing 50. Um, I, I think it's funny seeing 50 just be older now. Like, like, like 50 was like this. It's like a robot when we were younger. He was just like this giant gangster robot. Um, and it's just funny, like just seeing the age in hip hop, um, people making fun of him for hanging upside down and stuff like that, you know, but in the video that obviously in, in the, in the club, in the, in the club music video, 50s hanging upside down in there. Um, but I just think now that he's older, a little bit bigger, it didn't it didn't necessarily hit the same, which is I think why all the jokes are made. Um, I think if he was younger and still in the shape that he was in back then, it wouldn't have been no jokes. Um, but we would be like, yo, 50 going crazy. And he still did go crazy. It was a great set, great performance. I know, I know a lot of black people were um upset at Kendrick for not saying the um uh, we hate Popo line um on we go on we gonna be all right. Honestly, I didn't even notice it. Um, like I think I think what a lot of people don't understand about the Super Bowl is that none of what you see is really actually what you see. Um, like they even pre-record a lot of the audio for the Super Bowl. Um, and a lot of people don't know that. That's why they're always like, oh, they're lip syncing. Yes, they're lip syncing because they pre-record a lot of this audio for the Super Bowl. Um, and, they, and they do that because they don't want any audio issues or any microphone issues while they're performing. So a lot of the times these guys will be lip syncing to them recording it either the day before or the day of, and it's been mixed and mastered. Now they leave their microphones on. Um, so depending upon the artist, right? Like 50 Mike, his mic was still live, but Mary J's mic was live, but there was also a pre-recorded element to a lot of that stuff that goes on. Um, so even though we hate Popo line, you think the NFL didn't go through line by line Kendrick Lamar's lyrics and be like, yo, you can't put that in there. I mean, they they blackball Colin Kaepernick for Christ's sake. I mean, like it is what it is. So let's not act like, um, you know, as though they have an anti-police sentiment or they're going to agree with hip hop artists having an anti-police sentiment, even though they didn't, even though Dr. Dre said, uh, um, um, his popo, I'm sorry, his police line, um, in one of them songs, I forgot what fucking song it was. Um, but still overall great performance, amazing Super Bowl. Um, OBJ getting hurt was just like, fuck. And also OBJ getting hurt was like, fuck, because I knew that he was only like, I thought he had hit both of his overs because he had um, bets. I think Drake, you know, he placed like a million dollars worth of bets on Odell Beckham Jr. at the casino or some shit. Uh, and I think his over-under for touchdowns was one. His over-under for yards for the game was 62.5, I believe, and he or, or 70 or something like that. Or 65. He needed like eight yards basically to get the over. So all the betters who betted the over, they wind up losing actually, which is funny. But that's just kind of the way football is. Um, I think that's unfortunate. I do think that a lot of the conversations that people have been having since uh, Robert Flores' uh, lawsuit, which we've covered in depth on this podcast, um, has come to light. Which I'm I'm very upset that the lawyer that's representing the NFL in this, in this lawsuit is a black woman. I'm not going <clears> to, <throat> I'm not going to call her any names. I'm not going to call her her name. I'm not going to say anything negative. I'm other than it's just very disappointing that that is what she chose to do. Um, and that, and that's, and I understand it's an opportunity of a lifetime, but I just don't, I, I personally, could never see myself 
representing an entity in a case in which they're being sued for discrimination as as it pertains to race, especially my race. But that's that's on her. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna just let that rock and leave that where that is, and I'm gonna let that rock like that. Uh, but the owners um are starting to obviously do the investigations into uh Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross and and if he, and if Brian Flores's allegation of the owner paying him $100,000 a game to potentially lose so they can get a higher draft pick um and basically there were NFL reporters are saying that this is actually true and that there's a credible witness um who can basically what is it corroborate uh robert flores's story in regards to the owner saying that he'll pay him a hundred thousand dollars a game to lose and off and telling him to go take a vacation in the middle of, of the season and all that stuff so that way they could get a higher draft pick and get a better quarterback now they drafted Tua. obviously it would have been nice if they would have drafted justin herbert but regardless the only thing I could keep thinking about at the end of the Super Bowl, once all of those, um, I don't know, I feel like it was kind of the opposite of the way people talk about the way NBA games are, are refereed. Like in the playoffs or in the finals or game seven, they usually refereed very, 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 very closely for the first 46 minutes of the game. And then for the last two minutes of the game, they kind of take their hands back a little bit unless it's obvious and blatant calls. And they'll just let the best team win if it's in a situation like where it's a close game. And this game in particular, I felt like the referees, they did not allow the competition to decide the game. Now, when Cooper Cup got destroyed in the end zone before he caught the touchdown in the back of the end zone, when the line, when the linebacker or the cornerback went helmet to helmet with him, but the play was eliminated because it was an offensive foul and a defensive foul. So basically, they just run it back for the people out there who don't watch football. And I was like, oh, when he hit him, I'm like, yo, that's a penalty. That's definitely a penalty. But the penalty's offset. So when they restarted it, right? Technically, in football, I believe it, I believe you're supposed to be able to grapple and wrestle, not like physically wrestle, but like if you're playing on if you're playing football and one person's on the opposite side of you and one person's trying to score, you can grab them a little bit, try to stop their momentum and from them getting past you to slow up their yardage. In this particular instance, I don't believe the ball or the receiver was beyond the five uh, uh, yard mark. Because also, I think it was like a first and goal at like this. It might have been like, like the seven or some shit like that or whatever. I, I believe that's what it was. Regardless, I still don't feel like he was pat, fully past the five yards um, that the linebacker is or the or the person trying to stop him is allowed to be able to touch him. And even with that being said, the throw was not a great. It, was, it wasn't a, like it was some phenomenal throw that he had to like pull the guy back and 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 then like grab him and grab his jersey for in order for him not to make he just genuinely played good defense and if this was any other year in nfl history i personally believe that call would not have been made so by virtue to me also that call being made essentially ended the game for the Bengals because they were either gonna they were either gonna get a field goal tie and send it in overtime or they were going to score a touchdown and win, and the Bengals wouldn't have any time left. And that's basically exactly what happened. And I 
I just I take issue with that. Um, and I also um, and I know that, you know, Rams fans and people who support the Rams will say, yeah, well, Jalen Ramsey got offensive pass interference that should have been called, but it didn't get called. That's my whole point. The game was called very loosely through the first 55 minutes of the game. Then once it got to the end, it got very, very, very call heavy. Um, and I just didn't like that, man. I like people were tweeting, you know, this is rigged, obviously, all this stuff. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna accuse them of, of rigging football games. Although I do think if a owner comes out and he is found guilty of helping to collude um toward his team losing so they can get a better draft pick. That is something that I think will damage the integrity of the NFL forever. But honestly, I went to the Super Bowl experience this week. I don't think anybody gives a shit. I don't think anybody gives a damn if the NFL would be rigged. I don't think people give really truly give a damn if the NFL is racist, if the NFL is discriminatory in nature, if the NFL owners and executives are are predatory in nature. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys uh, um, uh, executive this week that settled the Cowboys did a private settlement with the cheerle- with some cheerleaders for two point four million dollars because an executive was allegedly taking uh, photos uh, up the skirts of the cheerleaders. Like I it, like we can look at the NFL and point out a million things that are wrong and egregious with the league. That can be wrong and egregious with the talent because they're always getting in trouble and getting arrested. Uh, they're killing people, murdering people. Um, that's actually a fact. Henry Ruggs actually killed someone drunk driving going 135 miles an hour. Aaron Rodgers killed uh, multiple people. There have been people that have been involved in shootings and stabbings and alleged and in and, and alleged rapes and felonious activities and it just kind of is what it is because America loves football the same way the Romans, you know, love the gladiators. Nobody gave a shit what the gladiators were doing because they were the best show in town. And as long as the NFL was the best show in town, no one really gives a shit about what goes on. And we just have to be honest with ourselves and just be honest with ourselves. That's just, that's just the facts. Like I still went and paid to go to the Super Bowl experience. I was deeply hurt, deeply angered with the Colin Kaepernick situation. Once he kind of settled, I was like, ah, whatever. He settled. They, he got his he got his piece of whatever, blah, blah, blah. I ain't gonna worry about it. But I mean, if we just if we gonna keep it a hundred and be a hundred percent honest, if we gonna be a hundred percent honest, we don't care. And it's just facts. And we can argue all we want to, but it's just facts. It's literally just facts. We don't care about what goes on with this league because we enjoy watching it. It is a billion-dollar betting industry, and it's a billion-dollar entertainment industry, and we just won't give a fuck. That's just what it is. So we can complain about the NFL and all that shit, but we're still going to partake in our own quote-unquote destruction or our own anger, which is like even me. Like, I... I enjoy why I enjoy listening to Joe Rogan. And then I kind of had a, a slight come to Jesus moment with him. And I'm and I'm glad he apologized. And I'm not boycotting him. But also at the same time, like, I don't know. I just, I just, I just feel I just feel a lot differently about 
listening to him and rather than listening to him still and being like oh, i don't want to listen to this man this is uh he said something that might sound a little bit racist like and then i'm like why am i listening to that to anger myself so it's no no disrespect to him like whatever i i, I think his peers could have um held, held him more accountable um and, and i don't truly believe he was contrite and he was sorry because literally when he was high on shrooms he posted on uh on uh on instagram um, a video of him laughing at a fire when he was high on shrooms and the caption says when people ask me how I'm dealing with all this bullshit so the bullshit is people accusing him of being racist because of things that he said therefore he was never sorry about none of that shit he was just sorry that it became a thing and people started talking about it bro and that's my only thing with 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 you know you know with Joe Rogan and I and also I just want to say this about Israel Adesanya also um, and I know he can destroy me, kick my ass in a fight. So I don't want to fight you. I'm not trying to fight you. I'm not trying to take you on. Or if I see you one day, have some problems with you because you get paid to destroy people. So that's we have no issues. But I do take issue with what you said, because you are not a born black American. And I understand that there is a certain contextual argument that is made that no one should be allowed to say the n-word but i also understand the contextual argument that black people in america that were born in america understand that it is a common cultural nomenclature type of thing amongst us so for someone that is a black foreigner to say that a white american can say the word nigga and then in his statement was saying that white person is my nigga i didn't really like that bro and i think that it, it you know there's a certain level of of class and dignity that you can go and you can have and i think that you can also protect your friends while acknowledging that they might have done stuff wrong i'm sure there's a lot of stuff that i've done wrong in my life or that i will do wrong in my life in the future that some i might get called on one day and somebody make me apologize well you said this to me you did this to me in the past this hurt my feelings this hurt me this was wrong and i will openly apologize and be contrite and i wouldn't expect my friends to just be like oh that's my buddy i don't gonna fuck i'm fine if they're like yo my man's was tweaking but like, I'm not going to stop supporting him. I didn't hear nobody say that. All I heard them say was, you guys are just making a big deal out of racism. You guys are just trying to kick him off because you think he's right wing. No, you guys aren't trying to do anything. You can say, yo, my man's Joe was wildin'. He was wildin'. But I don't believe that he needs to be canceled. I think that we should accept his apology and hold him accountable in the future to be better. And all of the conversations surrounding joe rogan would have been damn people are really hurt by what he did and they're going to make sure that he's going to be held accountable for his actions in the future if he makes a slip up but they'll still support him versus all we saw was support 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 my boy did nothing wrong my guy did nothing wrong that's a lie and i just didn't i didn't really like that from israel adesanya and i and, and i think um you know i also think culturally right and ethnically black americans and other people that are descendants from africa or born in africa have two different cultural dynamics and we think differently culturally even ask your african friend or your friend who's a first generation america how differently 
American culture and the black American culture ideology is versus the one that they have from their original place of origin. And it's and it's completely different. So I think that there is a lot of things contextually that even certain Africans wouldn't say because they're like, yeah, I'm black, but I'm not a black American. That's their experience. And, and black Americans don't have a home. We don't have a cultural callback unless we do the Ancestry.com and they tell us what what tribe we might have been from in Africa. Like, so it's just like I just didn't really like that. And I just thought you could have handled that better. Um, and if you got offended by what I just said, like, I don't really know what to tell you other than I'm just being honest. I don't like it when it, I don't like it when Mexican people say nigga. I don't really like it that much when Puerto Rican people say nigga. But I also even in just like researching and looking at some stuff today, um, you know, you know, you know, kind of people breaking down, um, you know, kind of dissent and, and um, you know, and, you know, and ethnic backgrounds and things of that sort. And people not really understanding that like a lot of Spain was colonized by Europe and a lot of the islands were on the way from Africa to the ports of Louisiana and Florida and those places and indigenous people from Africa and indigenous Americans, the darker skinned ones, um, they were being either captured slaves there or, or there are roots of slavery or, and people that are descendants of slaves in those cultures. So I never necessarily take exception to when my Puerto Rican homies or Dominican homies might use the N word because like a lot of the time somebody in their lineage is actually a descendant of, of, of a slave, an American slave. And usually they are first generation Americans and their parents are still descendants of slaves. And they're still black. That's my point. They're black Americans. And if you're not a black American, you're from Puerto Rico, one of them territories that America owns. You still share in the culture. So I just didn't like that from Israel Adesanya. And I think that he has a, 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 a greater responsibility to not make the plight of people who he cannot 100% identify with and minimize it. And that is my biggest issue because you can be big and bad and tough and be kicking people's ass, but that don't, but that don't mean, yo, what's in here is going to sit right with everybody just because you can kick everybody's ass. And I just didn't like that. I thought he could have handled that better and handled that with more class. And that doesn't mean he had to get up there and disrespect Joe Rogan, but he could have said, yeah, I love Joe Rogan, but what he did was wrong. And I think we can accept his apology and not try to cancel him while holding him accountable and move on. And he didn't have to say, oh, y'all care about him saying, nigga, the, the Joe Rogan is my nigga. That's how I feel about it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, sorry, no. Anyways, moving on, um, let's talk Valentine's Day weekend. Um, Valentine's Day weekend, quite honestly, was a, a, a damn fiasco because it was Valentine's Day weekend or Valentine's Day was, what, uh, Monday. So it was Valentine's, was it Monday? Uh, no, Valentine's Day was yeah, it was Monday. So Valentine's Day was Monday. Super Bowl on Sunday. Um, Super Bowl events on Saturday. I had my anniversary with my girlfriend on Sunday, um, and then we went to the verses um, on Tuesday. Um, Music Soul Child versus Anthony Hamilton. Music Soul Child versus Anthony Hamilton. That was uh, quite honestly um, probably the best verses that I've seen. At least the smoothest one, other than um, Jeezy versus Gucci. I actually um was there i you know um knew somebody knew somebody got in 
um, you know, and, um, you know, you know, was able to get some tickets and it was an amazing event. It ran so smoothly. I couldn't believe it. Like we walked in after we took our couples pictures. The first song has started and they jammed through 20 songs each fast. Like that verses felt really fast. Like we got out of the verses. It was only like 830. It started at 630. I was expect because usually sometimes they'll drag on for three hours, three and a half hours. And but I will say Anthony Hamilton and Music Soul Child were very succinct. They were excellent talents. Um, and I thought music won. I thought music won 11 to 9. And I know that people will say that Anthony Hamilton won, but I believe music won 11 to 9. Um, and I think it was really close. I mean, I'm sorry, close. Like damn near, damn near, honestly, they both sacrifice perfect rounds which i was like yo i've been telling people for a while if you if, if these artists in versus they, you got to know you're gonna lose some rounds so if anthony hamilton come with a heat rock like coming from where i'm from it's hard to beat that so you got to just let that one ride and i don't believe he beat that when um um you know you know when that song played but you that doesn't mean that you lose momentum you have to keep the momentum going um, in the verses and also make sure that you're still playing records that while well, although you might not have won that round, you didn't lose any momentum. So whatever comes next, you can bounce back. And I felt like music did a great job, especially considering Jermaine Dupree was, um, you know, Anthony Hamilton's DJ for the night. We know Jermaine Dupree is one of the greatest producers of all time. Um, you know, one of the greatest musical minds and artistic minds in the history of musical and artistic minds. Uh so even having him in your corner as Anthony Hamilton put music to me at a disadvantage, but music got to me. He has a better catalog than Anthony Hamilton. And his first three albums are flawless. Honestly, his first four to me are flawless. So he was ripping them. And I thought he played some songs that he shouldn't have played. But also at the same time, there were songs that I thought he shouldn't have played where all of the women in the crowd were singing a song. So I'm like, okay, this is the heat rock that, that usually is the one for the ladies versus I got my favorite ones, um, you know, you know, you know, on the fella side, like the song Previous Cast. That song is fire. It's heat. Um, but I thought Anthony Hamilton closing it out with Charlene was fire. Um, music singing Love was fire. People was hating on music, um, um, you know, trying to act like he you know, wasn't performing as well as Anthony Hamilton. That's a lie. If you were in the building, they were both performing their ass off. Now, we know Anthony Hamilton has a, a once in a generational vocal tone and vocal quality and a silky, you know, deep, um, you know, resonance in his voice um, that's hard to mimic. He sounds just like the records in person. But don't get it twisted. Music Soul Child came out there and he was singing his ass off and he was performing his ass off. And I thought that he did a good job at keeping the momentum. And I liked the couple small features he had that came out. And I thought Anthony, I'm sorry, I thought Anthony Hamilton bringing out, um, you know, his, you know, you know, his usual guys that he does the acapella stuff with. I forgot the name with the Hamiltons or something like that. Forgot the name. Excuse me. Sorry, guys. Um, thought that was cool. Thought him bringing out Raheem Devon was cool. Um, I would have loved to have seen Raheem Devon, um, you know, perform Guess Who Loves You More. So I would have loved to have seen him perform Guess Who Loves You More. Um, but I thought that Versus was perfect, man. I would literally give that Versus a 10 out of 10. Um, extremely, extremely good experience. Um, I'm glad they made it free. Um, I was even there and I was like, man, if I wasn't here, I would have been so angry that I would have missed this moment because they wanted to put it behind a paywall. And I'm personally of the belief that if you want to give me commercials during the verses, I'm fine with that. I'm I'm 100% fine with that. If you say, yo, between every two rounds, every five rounds, we're going to take a quick commercial break. 
fine. Sell that, sell the hell out of that ad space. But I don't want it to be behind a paywall. Like I think um, culturally we build too much stuff that we give away and then try to charge for the same thing once after we spent so much time giving it away. And I think that we have to become better culturally at at um at just trying to keep our things as honest and truthful as possible. And that's why I respect Swiss Beats for saying, yo, I was out of the country. I was busy. I didn't know this is what was happening. I even talked to some people yesterday that actually worked for Versus at the Versus competition. And they were saying like, yeah, we understand that that was a fiasco, but it was just kind of something that we figured like we had to, you know, try and it kind of gave it a look like, don't ask me about it. And I was like, all right, cool. But overall, Versus was amazing. Can't wait for the next one. Hopefully, I can be in attendance for the next one. Um, I'm trying to go to all of the ones that are in Los Angeles now because that was amazing. I got to slow dance with my lady. We got to celebrate Valentine's Day the day after Valentine's Day, even though we celebrated it on Valentine's Day because uh, our anniversary of Valentine's Day is like back to back. But it was still beautiful, man. Shout out to my lady. Um, just a just a true... Um, true queen and we wouldn't have gone either if she didn't have the connections actually we wouldn't have gone if i hadn't mentioned to her that that the verses we had to pay for it. now she, she getting mad and she asking me where it's at and i'm like oh it's at this venue she's like oh i know somebody that blah 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 blah. next thing you know an hour later we at the verses um so it was amazing man shout out to swiss and timbaland shout out to swiss for making it right triller keep it free give us some commercials give us some more integrated marketing and i'm fine with that because the paywall stuff is it, it, it's just not it's not it's not going to be built to last for the product that you guys want people to tune into. They also don't even happen frequently frequently enough. Um, and I know that licensing rights and IG's time limit, and all that stuff is heavy and tough. But I mean, it is what it is. Um, so last topic, um, what I want to get to is I want to talk about this Ben Simmons mental health thing. Um, I don't know, bro. I just think people turn into weirdos when you start telling them, you know, that you know that your mental health isn't what you need it to be. Like, it's not even necessarily about about um, you know, like, oh, you're crazy or whatever. It's like, yo, if the man says playing basketball for me ain't fun no more, and I and it's affecting my and it's affecting my mental health because of um, you know, because of the things that I've gone through and I don't feel comfortable playing basketball, people shouldn't be allowed. And even though they are, you can say whatever you want to. I just think it's weak for people to just be like, oh, well, he's faking it. He's he was lying. You see how happy he is now that he got traded. Yeah, he didn't want to fucking be there, you fucking idiot. He didn't want to be there and it made him unhappy. All the money in the world doesn't matter if you're not happy. And although the one constant in life is change, you know what fucking sucks? Is when you want to change things and you can't change them because of other situations or people or whatever contractual agreements, anything. If you want to, if you want to make changes, you want to make changes. And I think it is ridiculous for people to sit on a fucking high horse and talk about Ben Simmons been faking his mental health. How he been faking it? You can't, you can't tell me the man might not have been depressed. He might not, he couldn't be depressed because he missing shots and the world's calling him a fucking idiot and, and saying that he's terrible at basketball. And, and, and this guy who's a top 20, 25 player in the NBA currently is awful. And he's trash. He's a, he's a boss. He's a waste of a pick. They need to blah. He needs to learn how to shoot, calling him all, calling him out his name in all million different kind of ways. Like, I think at a certain point in time, we have to stop, bro. Leave that man alone, bro. Leave him the fuck alone. 
if he don't feel mentally fit and mentally healthy enough to play basketball, so what? That's his prerogative. You can't say that he's faking it just because he got traded. Duh, I was fucking unhappy because I wasn't traded, you fucking idiot. I'm sorry for screaming like that, but like people are fucking idiots. Oh, Ben looks so happy now that he got traded. Duh, I didn't want to be there anymore. They didn't like me. I didn't like them. I'm playing with another number one pick, and I think I'm better than him. I want the ball more. I want to be able to run. I want to be able to pass the ball, run up the floor, spread it out to the shooters like I did when he was hurt because his back was fucked up and his knee was fucked up, and we won 14 games in a row with a team that had four shooters. And they what do they call the squad? The International Five or whatever the fuck? So I don't want to hear that. Ben looked hella happy when Embiid wasn't on the floor, when it was just him out there. Once Embiid came into the mix, like, yo, I'm the best player on this team. Even on this team with KD right now. Yeah, KD might be better, but KD's a legend. A legend of legends. Kevin Durant is one of the greatest basketball players, top 15 of all time. Joel Embiid ain't top 15 of all time. And if I'm Ben, I'm thinking, yo, I'm better than you. You can't talk to me this way. I'm better than you. You're weak. You're big. You're fat. You're slow. Yeah, you can score. Yeah, you can dominate. But I'm better than you. And I can't get the opportunity to show people I'm better than you because they believe in you more than they believe in me. So, of course, he wanted to get out of there. You can't blame him for that. You cannot blame him for that. It is a part, a natural evolution of being a boss or wanting to be the boss. I tell people this all the time, especially my young homies. You always say you want to be in charge, right? Yeah, but the people over my head making it hard for me to be in charge. I've heard it from every sex, orientation, creed, color, all of it. I've heard the same story. You know what I tell people? In order for you to be the boss, your boss can't be the boss anymore. And they're always like, wait a minute, what does that mean? Repeat that. In order for you to be the boss, your boss cannot be the boss anymore. There can only be one boss. And that's what the fucking Philadelphia 76ers locker room determined and, and came down to. And, and Shaq can say what he wants to about him and Kobe, but in the end, there could have only been one boss. And he can lie and say, yo, I should have been, but yes, you should have been better. But we know who you, Shaq. You're not top 10 all time. Kobe not top 10 all time if you didn't have the desire to be great and to be the boss. And if someone is impeding your progress to be the boss, it makes you unhappy. It makes you depressed. It makes you really fucking sad. So stop with this bullshit of telling me Ben Simmons is faking being mentally unfit to play basketball when he ain't fucking enjoyed the environment and the work environment that he had to play basketball in. You motherfuckers will sit up here and poo-poo for people that are or, or be sad or show empathy for other people who work in situations where they're being harassed or they don't enjoy their work environment due to whatever it is. And you have empathy for them. But because he's making 40 million dollars, you can't have any empathy for him. Come on, bro. Of course, he's fucking happy. I would be happy too if I got traded from a place I didn't want to go and wind up getting the same amount of money or more money. And, be- and actually, he's going to get more money. Because if he's a star in New York, they're going to love him forever. He's going to have fucking billboards in New York and in Brooklyn until the day he retires if he wants to remain a Brooklyn net. So we have to stop it with this bullshit and with the fake giving a fuck about people and their mental health. You either believe that mental health is a real thing 
and the upkeep of it and the balance of it is a real thing or you don't. Period. Period. And all these people, even with Kanye, everybody's going to state. Kanye's unstable. He's blah, blah, blah. He's this. He's that. He's this. He's that. He's going to murder Kim Kardashian. Relax, bro. Relax. Kanye has never been a violent person. And where I come from, which is where he come from, it's very easy for you to turn out and be a, a motherfucking psychopath. I got family members that's psychopaths. It's very easy for you. It's a very slippery slope for you to become a terrible and violent human being where we come from. And he's always been caring, compassionate. He was one of the first rappers in hip hop to say, yo, homophobia and hip hop is stupid, is wrong, and we need to kill it. And he was a part of killing it and getting it out of here. But we got to stop acting like every time someone does something that you feel is irrational or erratic, that their mental health is bad. And we have to stop assuming that every time someone says they're going through a mental health crisis, that they're not because it looks good on the Internet or they got money or they drive a nice car or they got a fine girlfriend or they got six kids or they got a fire Instagram or they got a big Twitter page or they can tell jokes or they can do podcast or they can be sports reporters or they can be major league baseball. You can be anybody and deal with mental health issues. Period. And I don't think a lot of the stuff that Kanye has been doing in pertains, in, as it pertains to Kim Kardashian is mental health. I think it, what we're seeing is an egomaniac who has constantly been like a petulant child. And I love Ye. Ye is the greatest artist of all time. But we know when Ye don't get his way, it's, it, it's not cool. We've seen him hop on stage when Beyonce didn't win. And he felt like he wasn't getting his way because she wasn't getting her way because that's how much he loved her. And he went upstage and said what he said and made the whole world hate him. He is an ego, maniacal control freak. And the problem is he built and laid the bed of his own destruction. And he doesn't know how to handle it. And the sad part is the person that would be his guiding light or guiding compass is no longer around. So I think a lot of people need to stop just screaming crisis, crisis, crisis with Kanye and just say, Kanye, why are you acting like a nerd? Stop. That's not cool. Just stop. That's nerd behavior. It, it really is. I tweeted the other day, Kanye don't need mental health services, which, which, he, which he does, obviously, because he says he has and suffers from some mental health issues. But to me, this ain't it. This is a, 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 a prime example of when you got everything you ever wanted and you fucked it up with one thing and now you can't let go of the fact that that thing is no longer what it used to be. I don't think he'll be violent towards her. I don't think he'll ever harm his children or himself, which I've been seeing people speculate and say, and I think it's just like a, it's just like a low blow. You know, and we also have to understand that this dude is a fucking billionaire. So he can say and do whatever the fuck he wants to the same way Donald Trump has been able to say and do whatever the fuck he wants to for the past fucking 50, 60 years. And before him, Fred Trump did it too. But you know what they had? Money, power, influence, and economic and economic stability. 
And that's what uh, has allowed them to be able. And even with Trump, people saying he's economically volatile. Not really. Not when you own a bunch of real estate. He's never going to go broke. Also, as an American president, he ain't never going broke anyways because they get paid for life, I believe. So. We're looking at a, a simp doing simp things, and I just want him to keep his simpness to himself. Because I'm not expecting to see this man harm the person that he claims he loves the most in the world and damage his children irreparably for the rest of their lives. So we have to stop saying that Kanye going to kill Kim and all this other stuff. That shit is dark and you're putting energy into the air that doesn't need to be there. So I know I might have spilled some milk and I probably made some people mad over this episode. It is what it is, man. Hopefully Lexi and Jay Black will be back on next episode. As always, it's your boy TPJ. Found me on Twitter at OLDTPJ. Um, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash spilt underscore milk. Um, I'll be uploading half of this episode onto the streaming platforms and the full episode on to the Patreon, both video and audio. Um, but I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, love you guys. And hopefully I didn't offend you with that Valentine's Day thing. I just, and if you're single, it's not, it's not, it's not about me disrespecting you or making fun of you for being single or having your Galentines or your, or your, or your, or your anti-Valentine do parties. It's not about that. It's strictly 100% about everything is not for everybody. And the things that are for you, if you want them to be for you, then you have to seek those relationships out and cultivate those. And you can't cultivate those things being around people that are the same as you if they are not the person or the thing depending up or them or they are not who you ex who who is supposed to represent what is in that specific moment so not calling you a loser i'm just saying like yo if you really single and lonely go to a singles event and try to build some chemistry it's been spilled milk i'm out peace <laughs>